0: Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome back. To everybody that is here with us in person, welcome back. We are so glad to have you here. Um, for those of you who are watching online, we welcome you too to our online uh, live stream. You are, are you're you're no different. We are glad that you are watching today as well. And if you are watching for the first time, if you are here for the first time, one thing that you can do so that we can connect with you a little bit better is you can text the letters FTG to. Uh, I don't know if they can put it on the screen for me. Um, FTG two. It's a text message number that I am not remembering at this moment in time. But if you text that number, uh, they can. We can connect with you, get to lo- know you a little better. And if you are here in person, though, we have a sec- uh, 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 an iPad set up in our welcome center area that you can just uh, fill that out there as well. But we're thanking you for being here today. Um, if you want to give today, uh, we aren't like picking up offering aren't passing a bucket or anything like that but we have uh, a box back there in the back as well that you can give if you are here in person or you want to give online you can go to my slash give or text the number 84321 with the amount you want to give and that is going to be um for you so thank ooh. Jesus, thank you very much. This is a lot louder than that one. But now I have a little bit more freedom to move around and I'm not gonna knock anything down by pulling on cables. But we are so glad that you are here with us today. Um, before we get started, uh, I just want to say uh, this has been like a, a crazy time in the world around us today. And um, I wanted to be able to take some time to pray this morning before I get started in the message because I know that aside from uh, COVID-19 and everything that we've been experiencing and trying to, uh, with all the worries that come with that, has come the recent protests that have been going on here in our nation, in many cities, including our our city here in the city of Houston. And... Um, I know that there's a lot of things and a lot of people thinking and feeling and uh, there's a lot going on. And I just felt that I had to say something. I felt we needed to pray together as a church. The, the Holy Spirit would not let me be silent on the issue. You know, we... We as a church need to come together to be able to fight injustices in this world. And our nation is going through a period where there are people, uh, our African-American brothers and sisters that are going through uh, a big struggle right now. Even as Latinos, you know, a lot of us that are here as as a Latino myself, I've experienced some discrimination, but nowhere near on the level that we can say that it's the same for us. And we want to be able to pray for the family family of George Floyd, uh, as they're going through this, because I know that this is a difficult time for them and they see everything going on. And I, I know that they feel that some of this shouldn't be happening, uh, in memory uh, of their, their, of their brother or sister, husband, whoever, uh, all the relationships that they had around him. And we want to know, we want it to be said that as a church we stand against injustice. We want it to be known that we stand against injustice and we pray against injustice and that we will do something to be a part of that effort. Right now I don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks like, but I know that we can start by praying. That we can start by asking God to guide us and lead us in what that is going to look like for our church. So if you if you want to stand or if you want to stay seated, I want to just take a moment. Would you would close your eyes and bow your head with me online too. And, and let's just pray for our nation. Pray for the family of George Floyd. Pray for the protesters and everything that is going on in our nation right now. And that God would use us as a church as a vehicle for justice. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today as we are gathered together as a people here in person and online, Lord. We want to be a people that stands against injustice. We want to be a people that stands for righteousness, for hope, for love, for peace, all the things that you have called us to stand for, Lord. And we cannot be silent during this time because the church is not supposed to be fighting and blaming people for what is happening but should be standing with those who do not have a voice right now. So we want to be the voice that they might not be able to have we want to be their strength in prayer we want to be the ones holding their hands and saying we will stand with you in this time of need we will grieve with you in this time and we will will do our part so that we can work together for a nation that stands against injustice that will stand for a better america for a better people for a better church god so Holy Spirit today hear us, empower us, guide us, lead us so that we can know what we need to do as your people to be a beacon of hope for those that are going through this right now. Be with the protesters, be with government leaders, officials and everything so that people might come to an understanding of why this is happening and not just lash out at whoever is in front of them, God. We want to be able to understand and see healing in our nation through you as you bring us together, Father. We thank you, Lord, and in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, we want to be, uh, and it's just been on my heart this whole time. The, the, my heart has just been broken. I have not known what to say through all of that. And I even considered changing the message that I wanted to share today. But I believe what I have to share today does impart... Uh, take us through that because i talked about my message title today is going to be a new normal a new normal and Today is Pentecost Sunday and for those of us in the church it's a big important day especially us we uh we are a church that believes that the Holy Spirit is active and moving today we believe that he gives gifts and power to those of us who who will call Jesus our savior so that we can do something in the world so that we can make a difference in the world and that Pentecost Sunday that's what it's about but Pentecost Sunday on that day 2000 years ago was a very strange and new situation for the people that followed Jesus. For them, they had just experienced a traumatic loss. First of all, Jesus had died. And to them, in that moment, they, they thought it was over. They thought everything was done. They hid themselves, they, they ran away, they tried to go back to, to their own normal. Some of them tried to go back to fishing, some of them tried to hide away, some, some of them didn't know what to do or where to go. They were distraught. But then Jesus did something that was not normal and came back from the dead. You know, I don't know if that's not, that's not normal. Like, and people don't just come back to life. And Jesus did, and he came back to life. He broke the norm, and he said, I'm not going to leave it that way. My final word is life, not death. And so when he came back, now they were in a situation thinking, oh great, this is awesome. Jesus is going to stay with us now. He is here and he is uh, going to teach us. And he was. And for 40 days, it's, the Bible tells us that Jesus was with the disciples and everybody, not, not just the disciples, but everybody who would come to see him. And at the end of 40 days, it says there were 500 people gathered in a huge crowd. And Jesus was like, all right, time for me to go. And they're like, wait, excuse me, I thought you were going to stay with us now. You came back from the dead so that we could overthrow the the Roman government, right? You came back from the dead so that we could fix things in the world. You came back from the dead, and now you're leaving? I don't understand. It, It wasn't normal for them. And so Jesus took off, and he says, but wait, wait 10 days, go to Jerusalem, wait 10 days, and you're going to receive power. They didn't know what that meant they didn 't know what was going to happen they didn 't understand what Jesus was talking to them about they didn 't know if that meant that he was going to like come back or or if he was going to do something else or I mean they should have known because he told them what was going to happen, but you know the disciples were notorious for not listening and you know same for us we God tells us stuff all the time and we 're just like i don 't know if I want to believe that, <laughs> but that's, that that 's what's going on, and so much so that this was so odd for people and they didn't want that. They wanted normal in their life. So that at the end of the 10 days, the 500 people had been reduced to 120. They couldn't they couldn't hang. They couldn't they couldn't wait it out. They're like, "No, I I need to go back to normal because I don't know what Jesus wanted to say or what he wanted to do." So at the end of the 10 days, we enter in the story that I'm going to share with you today. Pentecost happens in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And it says like this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Then suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because they heard each one their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthenians and all the rest of them, because <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce all these words, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, I don't know that word, Capuchedou. That word, Pontius, Asia, Firga, Phalema, Egypt, and parts of Libya near the Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? However, some of made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. They had too much wine. They had a little bit too much to drink. A little later in the story, it's funny because someone, uh, Peter, stands up and he starts preaching to them, and he's like, "Hey, it's only nine in the morning. <laughs> it's only nine in the morning. <laughs> we haven't had nothing to drink yet." <laughs> so, it, this is it, it's an amazing story because all of those who decided to wait. In something that was uncomfortable and new, received a new experience, something that they may not have been expecting. I mean, can you imagine how strange it was for them, for, for, for something that has never happened before in the history of history, for them to just start speaking other languages that they've never even studied or known. It was weird. And the people who were around were, were, were confused too they're like i i mean maybe they're just drunk i don't know and they just start saying stuff and they start i don't know but they they're i can understand them they're not speaking their own language they're not speaking their own dialect i can understand they're speaking arabic greek they're speaking other stuff that we understand so what is going on here? What was happening here is that God was bringing about a new normal to the church. Something was happening that was breaking the normality uh, of the world around them to to let the world know that something new was happening. Something different was happening. But normal, however, is what we often desire. We don't like uncomfortable situations. We don't like new things. You know, when you're in a new place or a new church or in a a, a new job, it's always kind of weird and awkward at first. You know, I don't know if I'm going to make friends here. I don't know if I'm going to like it here. I don't like the people, like the job, like the whatever. You know, whatever new situations we're in, we always tend to be a little awkward. We like things to be status quo. We like things to be normal because normal is easy. Normal is easy. It's not uncomfortable. It, it, it's it's normal. It it's what we feel should be happening. Normal is we feel like normal is desirable. Like if if I can be just like a normal person in this country, like not have to be worried about things, like I, I I'll be great. I'll be great. So I did some study, like I was doing some research and I said, what does the average American look like? What does that average person look like? And I'll tell you, I'm not going to read you off all of the statistics because I was so confused. The average American is confused. That's what it is. Like, that's just what it is. Like, they're like, the average American supports this political party, but leans this way. They don't know what they want. The average American does this, but they don't know. The average American goes to church, but also doesn't go to church. Like, what? Like, it's confusing. It's chaotic. And if you think about it, statistics like that show that the norm normal is broken. You know, it's normal, it's actually normal for people to get divorced. Even among Christians, the divorce rate is above 50%. It's normal. There, there is brokenness around us. There is chaos around us. There's That's normal. Normal doesn't make sense, but yet for some reason we think we have to be like everybody else. We have to be in the status quo so that we can live a peaceful life. But that's not what normal does. Trying to live a normal life or trying to live out like everybody else only gets us so much. In fact... It doesn't let us live out the, the, the plans and the desires that God has for us because normal leads to complacency, comfortableness. You know what that means? That that basically means like like situations that are going on right now, we sit and we watch the world burn around us and say nothing, do nothing complacency brings us to that we we believe that we shouldn't say things or we shouldn't do things but we should just stay in our lane not worry about any uh anybody else do my own thing i'm gonna do me only god can judge me that's the the idea that we live out and so we ignore everyone else and our lives are more important. So if we're comfortable, we're okay. It doesn't matter if anybody else is suffering. If we are I feel that we're spiritual enough, then we're okay. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or sees of us. As long as I feel that I'm doing what's right. Normal brings complacency. Normal brings spiritual blindness. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 17... Uh, in Revelation chapter 3... Um, Jesus is talking to the churches, in particular churches. In this particular church, he tells them, you are normal. You're not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. And I'd rather spit you out of my mouth. I'd rather you were hot or cold. I'd rather you were good or bad. But no, you're in the middle, average, doing nothing. He says, normal, you, you can't even see. He tells them, you can't even see. You're naked and you don't even know it. You 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 think you're rich, but you're poor. You don't even see what is happening to you. That's what normal brings us. If we decide that we want to live a normal life, we don't even know what's going on in the world because we have created a delusion for ourselves. This image of the world around us that everything is just gumdrops and roses. Everything is fine. Everything's okay. The world is not burning down. When it's clear, isn't it? Everything's burning down. No, that, that's how it feels right now anyway. That's how it definitely feels. But see, God, God doesn't do normal. Like, I don't know. I don't even understand. Like, God, like, there are a lot of churches and in my experience that I've seen and understood that people don't like change. Uh, I've been to a lot of churches where things have been the same for like 50 years. Nothing changes, nothing's new, nothing's different. They're just doing the same things over and over and over again. And they're like, well, this is what we do. But nothing works, nothing changes. The church doesn't grow, people's lives don't change, but I'm happy. And so we're here. This kind of normalcy just brings us to a place of stagnation. When God doesn't do that, even in the Old Testament, we, we can see that God is always doing something new. He even told the to people of Israel, uh, he said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. But he didn't just say, I'm doing a new thing. He says, forget about everything that I've done before, because right now what I'm doing is new. Right now, what I'm doing is new. We think God has a set pattern of doing things. And yes, he does. He is God. At the center of who he is, is love and hope. And those values and those core things of him never change. But what he does is different. He told people of Israel, forget what I've done before because I'm doing something new. When Jesus came to earth, God was born into flesh. That was not normal. That was new. And even Jesus, Jesus did not live a normal life. No one can say that Jesus lived a normal life. It's not normal to put your hands on people's eyes and they are not blind anymore. It's not normal to bring people back from the dead. And he did that. That's not normal. Jesus had a normal routine. Sure, he would pray in the morning. He'd teach. He had a schedule. He would go to different cities and do different things. And that was just his common practices. But nothing that he did was normal. He lived... Like he, he lived a, such an abnormal life. We would think it's like that's not, that's not how people live. That's not what people do. And yet we tell ourselves that we want to strive to be like Jesus. Yet our lives look like we're trying to look like everybody else instead of like Jesus. So we settle for normal instead of extraordinary. We settle for normal instead of supernatural. We settle for normal instead of justice. We settle for normal, what, what, what's normal here, instead of change. But God wants to bring something about. Pentecost was about bringing new beginnings, new power, a new movement. Up until that point, we don't, we can't, we, you can't really even argue that the church had really started yet. They were still hiding in a room. Not sure of what was going to happen, but when the Holy Spirit moved upon the people in that upper room, that was 120, they began a movement. The Bible tells us that Peter stood up and told people, we're not drunk, so listen to me. God is doing something new. And he told them about Jesus and what Jesus had done for them. And it says, in one day, one sermon, 3,000 people came to know Jesus that day. I always hear the others. Uh, I, I hear along preachers a lot of things, a lot of times, I hear one thing they always say, Peter, you preach one sermon and 3,000 people come to Christ. Today we have to preach 3,000 sermons for one person to come to Christ. And I think. You know, it's funny and it's like, oh, you know, that's something you hear. That's something people say. And it it may be funny, but the reality is is it's true because people like that have settled for normal and doing things in their own way, in their own power. And like, here I am. I'm okay with this. It's it's okay that it takes a lot of work to reach one person when God wants to reach as many people as possible. So what does God's normal look like? Because God's normal is not normal. You know when when we talk about God leading us, you ever feel like, "I have a plan like from A to B. I know where I want to go. this is my plan and it 's like, "God, I give you my plan, and then He takes you all over the world and it 's like, well, "What is happening here? This is not what I wanted, but to get you to where He wants you to go, sometimes He has to take you roundabout because he 's doing something different in you that you need, that you don 't see. God's normal way of doing things is living in God's way, thinking God's thoughts, connecting, praying with him and his spirit. See, those kind of things take us to a place where we can be comfortable with not being comfortable. That was something that Jesus was often pushing on the disciples, asking them to get out of the boat when they're in the middle of the storm. Asking them to cross the, cross the Sea of Galilee when it was in the middle of a storm. He was always around storms. You know, you know that? Jesus was always around storms and he took the disciples through them and he tells them, I know it's not normal, but it's going to be okay. Because he wants us to be able to do these things. So I want to share you three things. One, this is how we can make the new normal life. One, make it a habit to get out of your comfort zone the disciples had to trust jesus the 120 they had to trust jesus and do something that they weren't comfortable with they're like well, i don't i don't know what's going to happen what what, what do you, what do you mean wait <laughs> god can you just tell us what's going to happen you're going to receive power what does that mean well, what what are we going to get we're going to get some kind of special tool technology something that's going to help us along this mission god what what is going on we you're just giving us this vague instructions just go to jerusalem and wait I, Okay, well, so let's go. And out of the 500 that were there, only 120 stayed for the 10 days. That, because they decided it was more, it was better to step out of something that was comfortable for them, their own regular lives, and do what they had to do. So and for those 10 days, they stayed in the upper room and prayed. That was not normal for them. They're like, this is out of the ordinary, but I'm going to trust God. If he is asking me to do something that I don't usually do, that means that he has something for me that I don't usually get. Something beyond the ordinary. Number two, make it a habit to pray that God shows you how to live today instead of what to do next. This is something that I think God has been teaching me recently. We are always asking God, show me what to do. Have you ever asked God that question? It's like, what am I supposed to do with my life, God? What am i supposed to do where am i gonna go what what am i gonna work what is my profession what is my career what is my calling god i want to know and then god never answers it's like this isn't helpful you know i could do more for you if i knew what i was doing but i was hearing a message the other day from a preacher and uh he was explaining his uh, name pastor jj vasquez in journey church in orlando and he said this he said when god when the bible talks about god show me your ways uh, or take me through your ways it's not talking about a path There there are two different words. One is a path that the Bible uses for path and ways. One of them is directional and says, show me what to do, where to go, and everything like that. But a lot of times when people were praying in the Bible, they weren't asking what to do next. They were saying, God, show me how to live. Your ways, God, are how am I supposed to live today? What do I need to do to be like you today? So we should be less concerned about what what God wants us to do in the future and more concerned about how he wants us to live today. Because when we live in God's ways, then he takes us on the path that we need to follow. But some of us aren't aren't moving forward because we don't even know what we're supposed to do. We're not living how we're supposed to live. And what does that mean? We're living how we're supposed to live. God has called us to love people. That's difficult. (laughs) It's not easy. I used to think that, Loving people unconditionally, it was is, was impossible for humans, and it, I mean it kind of is. It, it's hard. It, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but something that I feel like God was teaching me is like you have that capacity because you were created in my image. So if I can love unconditionally, so can you. And the good thing is, is that we're not called to do it alone. He calls us and he tells us, "Here I am with you," so that you, I can show you how to love people. But to love people, to stand for injustice, to stand for hope, to, to, to bring about peace, to, to be people that will show others something out of the ordinary. Because a lot of times in the world today, the church is known in a negative context when you talk about when you talk to people and you tell them I'm I'm a Christian, they don't want anything to do with us. Oftentimes, because oh, you're just hateful. You're just you're just a you're just this. You're just that. I, I don't want to be near you. I don't want to be uh, around you. I don't want to know you. I don't want to hear what you have to say to me. And it's unfortunate because that has been predicated on the fact that the church has often done what is right in their own eyes, what is normal for them and what they like and what they hate rather than what God wants us to do. He wants us to be that. He wants us to be a beacon of hope, of life, of love, of, of difference, of change, of who he really is. And I know for some of us, sometimes, you know, I've, I've even struggled with it myself. It's like, do I even want to be part of the church when I see everything that's going on around us? And how the church responds to things sometimes. Sometimes I felt like, do I want to be a part of that? And God has only told me that you need to stay to be able to push forward what I'm trying to get my people to do. How I'm trying to get them to change. We need to live in God's ways, how he wants us to live, to love, to be, rather than being concerned about what we're supposed to do all the time. Number three, make it a habit to rely on the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit... We talk about, and if you're not, if you're, you're new, new to church or new to God, the Holy Spirit is God. And I know I don't have time to go into the whole explanation of what the Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they are all God. They are God. The Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, the person that lives within us. See, Jesus walked this earth with us. 2000 years ago, he walked the earth with the disciples. Then he left the Holy Spirit with us to live within us. And that's something that's so significant, because a lot of times we feel like we're living life alone, but we're not. The moment we make a decision to follow Jesus, his word tells us that we are marked by the Holy Spirit. That we are lived, the Holy Spirit lives in us and makes us new. He gives us something different to tell us we are no longer living life on our own strength. Yet we try to because that's what we're used to. That's the normal. We do our very best to exhaust everything that we have before even going to God. But the Holy Spirit is here to give us power. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives us the power to be witnesses. To be a witness is to be someone that, that, well, bears witness to something that has happened. To tell of the good things that God has done. To tell of the love of Christ. So he gives us that. But not only that, he gives us power to be able to share the gospel when you don't have words to say. It tells, the Bible tells us, if you don't know what to say, talk to me, and I'll give you the words to speak. The power. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit will remind us of the words of Jesus. I've had instances like that where I'm about to do something real dumb, <laughs> and I feel like a tap from the Holy Spirit. It's like, um, excuse you. It's like, ah, you're right. I guess I'm still mad. <laughs> I'm still, wanna, you know, I'm still thinking that, but I, I restrain myself. The Holy Spirit reminds us. The Holy Spirit gives us the engine, the, the ability to be able to have relationship with the creator of the universe and connect us to Him. The God that made the world around us, that made you and me in His image. It gives us, he gives us the opportunity to speak with Him, to hear from Him, to listen to Him, to walk with Him, to be in His presence. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. This is what Pentecost was about. And that was such a game changer. It was the new normal because in the past, when we look at the Old Testament versus the New Testament, in the Old Testament, there were certain people that heard from God. And there were the priests and the priests and of the priests, there was only one uh, of the priests, the high priest that would enter into the holiest of holy places and experience God's presence. And there would be very few. There were the prophets that would hear the voice of God. But when we look at the New Testament and we look at today, what God was instituting was something new. He says, now access to my presence is, is for everyone who follows me. Anyone who follows me can hear my voice, can experience my love, can experience my life, can experience my hope, can experience and live in my power. It's no longer just for a select group of people, but for everyone who will call on my name. This was the new normal and the church today, we need this. We need this. If we want to bring change, we can only do so much through... so I mean, we should definitely be involved in social programs and helping our communities and things like that. But we can only do so much through that. But with the power of the Holy Spirit combined with the works that we do and the actions that we take to stand for injustice, to stand for love, we will be able to see a church that can change the world and change its nation and neighborhood and cities and families and everything. That is the power that God is giving us. That is the thing that he is asking us to do. Live in this new normal. Don't live your way and think that it's enough. Because a lot, many of us, we want to live our own way. And we say, you know, it's okay that, you know, I do things that maybe are frowned upon by a lot of other people. It's okay. Nobody needs to know. Only God can judge me. But he's asking us, live in my way. And I'm not just talking about bad things. Because a lot of times I might say things like that. And people are like, oh, he's talking about the club. He's talking about drinking. He's talking about this. He's talking about that. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm also talking about gossip. Because that's a problem in the church today. I'm also talking about the the little lies that we tell people. And we think it's okay to just hide the truth from people. And I'm I'm, I'm getting close to finish here. But we need to give... Our lives a chance to live in this new normal. Because God is giving us something new to do. In Mark chapter 16 verse 17. The Bible tells us that the new normal for the followers of Jesus will be marked by the miraculous. By speaking in different languages. By seeing people healed. By seeing things change for people around us. And not only that, the biggest miracle and the biggest new normal of all of it. Is the fact that, that we see in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. God is telling us that today. Not in just context of faith. If you don't know Jesus today, he is telling you this. All you have to do is come to me. I don't care about your past, where you've been, where you've come from, how you've grown up, how you're living right now in this moment. If you will come to me, you have a chance for the old to go away and the new to come. And to those of us who are believers, he is telling us today the Holy Spirit is here to give you that new normal for you too. No longer should we be just Christians sitting in the chairs in the in the back back row and the sidelines doing nothing but be marked by a life filled with the holy spirit marked by the miraculous so that when we pray things change when we act things change god is calling us to the new normal today you stand with me this morning If there is anybody here, if there is anybody watching online and you want to say a prayer, I'm going to say two prayers. First of all, if you are here, if you are online and you want to know Jesus today, we're going to pray for you. And the second prayer I'm going to pray is if you are here and you say, I need something like that. I need that experience with the Holy Spirit that that the 120 had that day. I need that in my life. We're going to pray for that for you today, too, so that God can empower us and give us, bring us closer to him today. But with every head bowed, eyes closed right now, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, wherever you are online here, just raise up your hand real quick and just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I want to be new. Here I am. I give you my life. Here I am, I give you my life. And that's it. Father, we pray for those that have made that decision in this moment. We pray that they become uh, aware of you more today. They become aware of your love today. That they realize today you are making them new. That the old has gone and the new has come. And they have joined part in our family. To be brothers and sisters with us. To know you, Jesus. And the hope that you bring Today, God, we surround them in prayer, we surround them in love so that they might be able to know that they're not alone on this journey today. That there is a new life for them beginning now. And secondly, God, I want to pray right now for everybody that is in this room and say, God, I need, I need your Holy Spirit right now. I need your Holy Spirit. I need, God, something different in my life today. I need the power to live my life beyond normal. So I need your Holy Spirit in this moment, God. We pray that the Holy Spirit would come into this place. Fill this place with your presence and your power. For those who have never experienced your baptism in the Holy Spirit, Maybe may they be filled with your Spirit today in this moment. May they experience that empowering. May they experience the new normal that you have for the church, God. To empower us to act in justice, to act in love, to act in hope to be the church that you have called us to be today, God. We thank you for your presence. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemanualchurch.com slash mystory. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemanualchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m.